Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, as we gather this morning, it is the second Sunday of Lent, and it's the second Sunday of Lent. We continue our series, Wandering in the Wilderness. Wandering in the Wilderness. For this past year, 2020, and leading into this new year, you know, it feels like in many ways that there's been simplicity, there's been sacrifice and sorrow that's become part of our daily realities. And as we look at the Bible, we see in the Bible that the characters of the Bible, you know, often experience wilderness moments, sometimes physically, you know, in a wilderness, and sometimes more of an emotional, spiritual experience in the wilderness. And these experiences were transformational encounters with God in the wilderness. So to do that, let's get started with a question. In one word, describe the longest trip you've ever been on. Think of that for just for a moment. And as you think about that, for some of you, are like, well, I've never been on a long trip, or my longest trip has been to, you know, Omaha and back. This past year, maybe your longest trip has been down the driveway to get the mail and back up. You know, or maybe, you know, maybe you've been on a few trips here and there. Maybe you've traveled down somewhere like, you know, Chicago, Kansas City. I mean, some folks don't venture very far from home, so long is somewhat relative. Others of you, because you served in the military or because you, you know, traveled for work or traveled for fun, you know, you've gone beyond just, you know, Nebraska or the surrounding states. You maybe traveled to opposite ends of our nation or places like Alaska or Hawaii, you know, Mexico. Others of you have traveled even farther around the globe. So think about that. The one word described the longest trip you've ever been on. Think about long trips. I've been on a number of long trips. And probably the longest trip was... Um, well, it, it was a long trip. It was a number of years ago, and I've shared some of this story before. 2018, we were on our return trip from the mission trip in Poland. So after, you know, 10 long days with the youth, it was always a lot of fun, but 10 long days, 12, 14, 16-hour, 18-hour kind of days, you're just going full steam. You know, we wrapped up a little time in Krakow. We're ready to come home, ready to come home and see my wife. Haven't seen her for almost two weeks. Come see the people again, the Holy Savior. And we go from Krakow to Munich, not a big deal there, but we land in Munich, right in the board our next flight, and then we don't know exactly what happened. What we found later on was that a lady went running through security, and the folks there paid, uh, confused, uh, what do we do, didn't know where she went, they called you know, their state and the federal police, the whole airport in Munich shut down. And some, you know, 300,000, 400,000 people were stuck in the Munich airport, not going anywhere. So you talk about a trip that's already usually about a 10 to 12 hour trip to get home, you know, or longer. But from there, we sat in the airport for over 12 hours and waited and waited. And then we got in this long line to get a voucher for a flight and waited. And they finally told us that, um, you know, we're not giving out any more vouchers for hotels. Thankfully, we were smart enough to say, let's find a hotel room because we're probably not going home anytime soon. So we got a hotel room. We stayed two more days in Munich, you know, so two more days of not being home yet. So you talk about this journey being long, you know, exhausting. Finally, you know, we get flights to go home, but we're not all on the same flight. You know, originally we were all going to kind of travel home together, and we're in several different groups. And the last group, I was part of the last group, there was two of us that were on that flight home. And that flight home took us from Munich, Germany, all the way across the great state of Nebraska, 
We talk about sometimes being a flyover state. Well, we flew over that all the way to San Francisco, nearly 6,000 miles. Just so we could get out the airport, go through customs, run to our gate, make sure the flight wasn't leaving yet, say, yes, we have time to go to the bathroom, eat a quick bite, and wait. And wait until we boarded the plane and flew to Omaha and then car ride back to Lincoln. I forgot how many hours that was, but oh my, by the time it was done, I mean, that was a long trip. And the word to use for that is exhausting. You know, sometimes the trips that we're on, they can be a long trip, but they can be rewarding and exciting and fun, and sometimes, sometimes they're exhausting. Sometimes life is like that. And if you think about that for a moment, you know, the longest journey that we are on is the journey of life. And the journey of life can sometimes be fun and exciting and rewarding, and sometimes, sometimes it's exhausting. Sometimes it's overwhelming. Sometimes there is sorrow and disappointments are reality of this journey of life. And this idea in this second Sunday of Lent, as we continue this series, wandering in the wilderness, you know, this idea of wilderness is a theme that we find throughout Scripture. And it really begins here with God's people in the wilderness. We're going to read again uh, the verse 7 of Deuteronomy 2 that we heard just a little earlier. He has watched over you as you travel through this vast desert. For 40 years now, the Lord your God has been with you, and you haven't needed a thing. You know, in the Bible, the image, that, that image of the desert, of the wilderness, is an image that brings to mind discord, uh, a loss, a uh, uh, separation from you know, society and, and from safety. The, the, the desert, the wilderness, is a, is a barren place. It's, it's deadly. There's, there's certain death if you have no access to resources. So as we talk about wilderness, we defined this this past week. Let's define that again. Wilderness is a wild, uncultivated region like a forest or a desert, uninhabited or only inhabited by wild animals. Now, in the Hebrew, the word for wilderness is midbar. I guess you got a picture here of the midbar, part of that, that wilderness that God's people wandered in for 40 years. 40 years they were wandering around in this wilderness. Now, you know the distance from when they left Egypt to when they were going to what they call the promised land? There was not 6,000 miles like flying from Munich to San Francisco. It was 250 miles. It took them 40 years. 40 years. Why did it take them 40 years? Well, part of it's hidden in the word midbar. The word midbar comes from another Hebrew word, and I'm going to butcher this, but if you don't know Hebrew, that's okay, because then you won't know that I butcher the word, is lehedbar. Anyways, it's a Hebrew word that, that means to pasture one's flock. So the idea, the image that is coming here is the people have been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, you know, and they're ready to enter into the promised land, is that they have been shepherd this entire time, like a flock. Like the shepherd is leading his flock out into the wilderness, out into this area of scarcity. There's not nothingness, but scarcity. But they're in the care of the shepherd. And of course, their shepherd is who? Their shepherd is God. God has been their shepherd. And of course, why did they wander for 40 years? Because they didn't trust God. Because they, you know, they built a golden calf. Because when God said, here's the land, and they looked at what was before them, and said, ah, we can't handle that. It's bigger than what we are. And God needed to help his people grow, 
to learn to trust him, that he could provide for what they needed. See, here's the truth for us, is that Jesus participates in the wilderness. Last week we say Jesus fully engaged in the wilderness, but Jesus also participates in the wilderness. And we see that as we dig into the scriptures, as we see the image, this, this metaphor of wilderness and the shepherd and the sheep throughout scripture. Let's start with one of those familiar passages in the Bible. Psalm 23, verse 1. Let's read this together. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Now, I, I know some of you know the older translation, you know, I shall want or thou want, you know. That, but to be honest, that really is what it's saying. What it's saying is, all that I need. I have everything that I need. Because ultimately, the shepherd is who I need. Because the shepherd is the one who cares for me. He is the one that protects me. He is the one that, you know, that would put his life at risk for me. The shepherd is the one that is guiding me through the wilderness. I don't go alone. Let's take a look at Psalm 95. Let's read this together. Because he is our God and we are the people in his care, the flock that he leads. Again, he is our God. And this image of God, again, is that of a shepherd. We are his flock. We are his sheep. We are the people in his care. He leads us through this wilderness. Whatever wilderness experience that maybe you've been through, that you're going through right now, that you may go through in the future, the shepherd is leading you, caring for you, providing what you need. Let's take a look at Psalm 100, verse 3. We read together. Realize that the Lord alone is God. He made us, and we are his people. We are his people and the sheep in his care. We are the, his people and the sheep in his care. Again, this, this beautiful image of God being the shepherd, of the one who, you know, is caring for his sheep. So this idea that the sheep are out there in the wilderness, that we are out there sometimes in this wilderness time of life, that as we journey through this life, this longest journey that we have is this life, that we don't go at it alone, that we don't go through the wilderness alone, that the shepherd is with us. And then many times, too, we go through this together, but the shepherd leads and provides and cares for us. The shepherd leads his flock. Now, this is an image, too, this powerful image that is picked up on by Jesus. And Jesus didn't pick up on it just because, well, it was a cool image or because, you know, it's something that people understood. He did it because he was trying to make the connection to ultimately who he is. That as they understood God as the shepherd and they were the sheep, now Jesus is picking up with that same image, that same metaphor to say, I, I am the shepherd. Let's read this, John 10, verse 4. After he's brought out all his sheep, he walks ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. So Jesus here talking about the sheep, that they recognize his voice, they follow him. They go out into the wilderness, out into the desert regions because they trust the shepherd, because they know the shepherd is leading and caring for them. Continue in John 10, verse 10. But I came so that my sheep will have life and so that they will have everything they need. I came so they will have life, have it to the full, Jesus says, and they will have everything that they need. Can you hear, you know, Jesus picking up on the 23rd Psalm? You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. And then verse 11, I am the good shepherd. 
And the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So again, this image of the shepherd. You know, the sheep scattered out there in the desert, and there is the shepherd. The shepherd is with us in the wilderness. And we have everything that we need. Old because our shepherd came, and he gave his life for us at the cross. He gave his life. You know, we're in the journey of Lent, and Good Friday is, you know, you know towards the, the end of March, getting into April, and we have the shepherd who gives his life for us. We have everything that we need because spiritually we have everything we need. We can't earn it. We can't do anything. He suffered and died. He bled for us. And he lives again. So we know that all of his promises are true. See, what we find though often is as the people wandered in the wilderness and even as we wander in our own wilderness, it's easy sometimes to want to run through it, get out as quick as we can. It's also easy for us to turn to something or someone else it's a false God, a false answer to what we need. But the one who truly provides for us is the one who gives his life for us. Jesus, the good shepherd. So here's the truth. is Jesus participates in your wilderness. Whatever wilderness you've been through, whatever wilderness that you're going through right now, Jesus participates in your wilderness. God knows that you're trudging through this vast wilderness. What are the difficult places in your life, the moments you have faced or are facing right now, moments of loss, of pain, uh, where it seems just impossible to survive? Those tough times, those hardships, those difficult times, whether they're financial or they're health issues or relational issues or spiritual issues. God knows. God knows your desert. He knows your wilderness. He knows your midbar. And he is with you. And he is all that you need. Jesus participates in your wilderness. The good shepherd who gave his life for you. So here's the challenge for us. And this is kind of a reflective challenge. So how is Jesus inviting you to trust him as he participates in your wilderness? How is Jesus inviting you to trust him? In faith to trust him as he participates in your wilderness. So whatever wilderness, again, you've gone through, are going through, will go through, knowing that you can trust him. And maybe it's as simple as picking up and just reading the 23rd Psalm, reading portions of John 10, and hearing those words that we have a shepherd, that you have a shepherd who guides you, who cares for you, who is with you, and has given his life for you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you and praise you for the great gift of your love, your grace, your mercy, your care, your guidance, that you willingly gave your life for us as the good shepherd. Lord, we've all experienced those wilderness moments, and some of us are going through this right now. Remind us, reassure us. Holy Spirit, strengthen us in our faith that we trust in the good shepherd, that the good shepherd is all that we need. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.